This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Radio. This is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Luttridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Tapp, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. So we have an open topic today where we look for your personal finance questions. You can ask about investments like stocks, annuities, or bonds, or ask about credit cards or finance charges. Uh, in between your phone calls, we'll be giving out some utilities savings tips as well. So if you have a personal finance question, give us a call. The number is is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope you're both doing well this morning. Uh, good morning. Just a little damp, you know. Yes, but yes. other than that, doing fine. It's supposed to be wet. I think uh, throughout Mississippi for the next several days, and I think probably a little bit more severe in uh, North Mississippi. So hopefully the weather won't. Uh, and won't cause that too means much. please be careful out there. The interstates are a little. Uh, nerve-wracking right now. Now, when financial news, I had an interesting situation occur this last weekend. I went to uh, Meridian to see the uh, Jim Henson exhibit, the new uh, Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience Museum. Well done. Great museum. I would uh, highly encourage anybody to go. A lot of interactive, fun things to do, and the Jim Henson exhibit is quite well done. But uh, I had used an online booking site to procure a hotel room. So I got to the hotel, uh, I think it was Friday afternoon, went in there, gave my name. The woman at the desk is typing away, and she gets that look on her face where I'm thinking, oh, Uh-oh. my goodness. Uh, she said, that room's not available. I'm like, well, what does that mean? She said, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a room with a double bed, and, you know, so I couldn't, there were two of us, so I couldn't understand if they just wouldn't rent it out for two people or whether they was just not available or whatever. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, and then she said, and I can't change anything because my screen is grayed out because you booked through this third party. So I called up the, the, the booking agent and was on the line with two different people for, I think, like, probably on hold for like 40 minutes. Eventually, Uh, the manager of the hotel let us stay in a room with a king-size bed with no additional charge. So the more I thought about it, I was trying to figure out kind of who was responsible for that. And I really have landed on the fact that if you're a website offering hotel rooms, it would be incumbent upon you to make sure that the room that you're renting to someone is actually available at the hotel. Well, I, I will tell you that I've had some not good experiences with booking through a third party. So I have learned I can use those third parties to do some searches. And if I, I narrow it down, I'm better off calling the hotel directly mm-hmm. and uh, booking directly with them. And so I know I have that assurance that, that my room will be there. Well, I was talking to the manager and he said that the booking people first were trying to get him to get me a room at another hotel. Um, and then, so I think that he, 
you know, it was sort of a compromise. Um, that so I I was very thankful. I mean, you know, I, I thought they did a great job because, like I said, the room that we got was probably more money than what I paid for. And he suggested uh, to become a member of the rewards program or whatever for each individual <laughs> chain. And yeah. I thought that's probably better. But I think you're right. Use those uh, to maybe find rooms and try to get a deal. But uh, apparently they're, you know, they're not foolproof. That's for sure. No, yeah. they're not. Uh, what about other financial news in the news? Well, we got uh, consumer spending numbers for December. We don't have them for January yet. And December's numbers were down. And um, a little bit of a concern there. Uh, the thought is uh, we're starting to see them lower the projections for GDP for the final quarter of 2018. And, of course, that's before we had this extended furlough of mm-hmm. uh, federal employees. And we're not sure what we're going to be facing in January, which is normally a slow time anyway. So there's a little concern about all of that. Yeah, no, I was just thankful for no financial news yesterday. It was the market holiday. Yes, so it was good. I, was able to, I, was able, I, I did. I did at one point during the day check the market, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, good. No, we're closed. I don't have to do anything." <laughs> yeah, uh, so my, I could be productive uh, on on other things. That was very good. Yeah, my husband headed out the door to go get the mail. I'm like, mm, "No, Not no mail." Yeah, I didn't even have to go to the mail. I didn't have to drop things off. It was great. Uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions on this open topic day. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Speaking of the mail, the mailman jammed something into my mailbox the other day to where he actually kind of had turned the mailbox sideways and then trying to extricate it from the mailbox was a little bit of a... So I'm not sure why he didn't kind of just put that on the porch or whatever, but um, that was uh, interesting. I did eventually obviously get it out of the mailbox, so, so no damage done there. Also, uh, I used the Where's My Refund on IRS.gov. That works uh, all year. And is it on the way? Oh, actually, yes. My refund will be deposited in my account on Wednesday. So. And nice. what are you going to do then, Kevin? Well, we mentioned this. New, I'm buying shoes. A, no, no. Um, <laughs> M-Braves tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Are you in. saving any of it? Oh, yes. The, Good. The rest of what doesn't go to tickets goes to the savings. So, um, but uh, so all you need on the IRS.gov, where's my refund? You need uh, to your s- filing status, your Social Security number, and the exact amount of your refund. And of course, we're hearing that those refunds are smaller because there was adjustments to the withholding tables last year, and um, we expect a lot of activity the first quarter due to tax refunds. So that may dampen things as well. My refund was about the same as it was last year, so not, uh, not anything appreciably different. And uh, like I say, it's uh, it's it's it, it's kind of like I don't know if has anyone ever done. I think Domino's has that thing where it tracks your your pizzas in the oven. You know, the little this is similar. It had you know your your return has been accepted and it was being processed. And then when I checked it uh, yesterday, it told me that the money will be in my account uh, tomorrow. So. I can pay for my tickets and get ready for a season of baseball at the old ballpark. Again, looking for your personal finance questions on this open topic day, give us a call if you have one. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 7464 Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Also, we're going to talk about some things uh, that the Southern Pine Electric provided, a 10 easy ways to lower your power bill. Number one is turn off the lights. So uh, when you're not in a room... 
obviously, even with uh, energy-efficient LED bulbs, uh, you're wasting energy. So when you're not in the room, go ahead and, and, and turn the lights off. Or if you are in the room, but you're, you figure, you know, I can make it. I can make it without these lights. Well, see, I do that when I'm watching a movie at home to get that whole theater oh, atmosphere. Oh, yeah, you, know? you will do that. And, of course, now all I have to do, I don't even have to get up to turn off the lights. I just say Echo, which is what I rebranded my Alexa turn off the lights. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Have all those automatic things? Yeah. So, and it's funny because she turns them off and then she's always like, okay. And it's kind of like, shouldn't you be saying, okay, before you do what you're supposed to do? But that's picky, I guess. So anyway, uh, turning off your lights, that's a simple one uh, that uh, saves money. Uh, Number two on the list is turn off the ceiling fan. Now, this is something that I'm guilty of. I Hmm. leave the fan on when I'm not in the room. Because you hear that a ceiling fan um, helps you keep your heating and cooling costs down. Hmm. So that's kind of puzzling to me. Well, this says uh, they only make us feel cooler because they move air across our skin. They're cheating. (laughs) Well, it's, it's right. It's it, we aren't, and so if you're not in the room, you're wasting money if it's on. But I, I for whatever. What if your dog is in the room? Well, or your cat? Well, that, but because we must make them keep, comfortable. Keep them all on, Nancy. Yes. Keep, don't don't run any risks here. Keep With, all the fans. The way my on. cat moves around napping in various rooms, I would have to leave all the ceiling fans on. Because well, why don't you? Well, <laughs> I will start doing that. I certainly don't want to have him upset. You know, like I say, you need to have twenty naps a day. So got to keep uh, your roommates happy. <laughs> uh, but that's I actually have to say that's something I didn't know, and it, I always kind of thought it, it yeah. made a difference. But according to this, it, it, it doesn't. So uh, turn them off. And I, I do know there are some <clears throat> that the switch controls um, both the light and the fan. There are some rooms where it's a, a separate switch. Um, but, uh, you know, who knew? So the other thing, though, and then I never forget is, you know, the thing about in the winter, you're supposed to have the fan blades going in one direction. And in the summer, right. I, I can never remember which is. Which. I, no I'm with idea. you there. Too. <laughs> I, I turn the fan on when I want the air moving and I turn it off when I don't want the air to move. I don't. I will say, though, they do uh, make a difference. I know uh, my brother's place down there on the beach. Uh, he's got some nice ones by mm. me with real big blades on there. And when you, you get it going, I think you really you can. Uh, make a difference. And so I guess if you have ceiling fans, you could possibly have the uh, thermostat set a little bit higher mm-hmm. because, again, the cooler air is being moved across your skin, making it feel like it's uh, cooler. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Particularly in the summer at night, you know, instead of running the cold air, which, you know, for some people feeling the cold, the, the AC on them makes very uncomfortable. Um, but having Speak a for fan, yourself. Okay. For, <laughs> like I said, for some people, by that I mean me, uh, having the cold air run directly on you or just having it come on and off at night can be distracting. Um, but just having the ceiling fan running, it keeps you at a nice, even temperature all night. Well, I'll agree. If you're direct, especially like in a restaurant or if you're in a meeting, like in a conference or something, and you're directly under the vent, to me, mm-hmm. it can be very well, cold. And, see, I, I and it can dry you about, out. Uh, fast food restaurants, because there's some that seem to deliberately keep it extra cold so that you don't stay in there. That could be. You know, they want to they get not, you through fast, not slow food. turn those tables, you know, get you out. Well, also a big thing with restaurants is, you know, the workers in the kitchen are yeah, that's true. very hot. And I mean, even if it's even if it's ice cold in the, you know, for the customer outside, you know, the workers in the kitchen might be pretty warm. Yeah. Well, now I was in a Chick-fil-A the other day and you know how busy those can 
me. It's a popular restaurant. And I'm wondering if there was some magic formula, because it's one of those where you you don't sit down first. You get your food, and then you have to find a place to sit. And I'm wondering if there's some engineering thing of, you know, volume of people coming through versus how much you would have. Because, again, that's one of those where they do want you when you're finished. They probably want you to move. and vacate because, the table, right. yeah. But, uh, it, you know, because a lot of times you go in there and you think, gosh, I'm never going to find a place to sit. But invariably, it seems like something, it kind of works out there. Up, so. yeah. Chick-fil-A is very good at getting folks <laughs> getting folks through. Actually, the other thing I read, uh, the Madison Chick-fil-A is undergoing a renovation, but it apparently is the highest grossing Chick-fil-A location in the southeast. It's ridiculous when I've gone up through there. I mean, you just can't even get through. And to try to cross, if you park and try to cross through the drive through lane, you are taking your life in your hands. <laughs> so call in today. It's an open topic. We're talking about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, what, other what is your favorite just chicken because, sandwich? Because, again, I was sitting in the Chick-fil-A the other day. The other thing that's interesting to me that other fast food places haven't adopted is that where they send the people out in the drive through and actually are taking orders before you get to the little speaker, which right. to me was a great idea because it kind of moves the line along. And I'm wondering why other, so maybe it's I, I kind of miss the days of going up to the window and yelling, you know, hoping <laughs> <laughs> they get it right. Or talking into the donkey's mouth. That was one. Uh, okay. We're, 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 we're digressing here. So I think it's time to take a break. Uh, when we get back, we're looking for your personal finance phone calls. We've got some open phone lines. So if you have a question for us, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Every month there are holidays and observances. So when we get back, we'll tell you this month's financially related holidays. We'll have that for you and more on Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you miss part of this show or want to revisit an old show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Also, don't forget about the MPB public media app. When you download that for your smartphone, uh, you can listen to all the programs on MPB Think Radio on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have for us. And in between your calls, we're talking about 10 easy ways to lower your power bill. Also, we mentioned that there are a number of observances in February that are somewhat um, uh, personal finance related. So February is International Expect Success Month, Jobs in Golf Month, 
National Time Management Month, Wise Healthcare Consumer Month, National Engineers Week is February 17th to the 23rd, and Telecommuter Appreciation Week is next week, February 25th through March 3rd. So It's Black uh, History Month, too. That's true. Um, I, I'm thinking for the time management, if they would just get rid of all the other ones, it would be good. <laughs> I like Jobs and Golf Month. You know, jobs so and Golf. Let's uh, really? salute all those caddies. and. Really? Uh, Actually, I, a friend of mine from high school, when he was in high school, wanted to be a golf course architect, and mm-hmm. he is now. And so I was, uh, you know, as golf courses are closing uh, at a fast <laughs> pace every week. Well, apparently, it's obviously due to the design. <laughs> if you just had a few more hills, it's quite a lucrative field, though. I, I, well, you could imagine, you know. But I'm, but I'm saying is that people are not golfing like they used to, and it takes up a lot of land and requires a lot of maintenance. That's true. fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of jobs, though. You've got caddies, you know, uh, land... uh, But you uh, still have to make money. That's true. Well, so we might not have jobs in golf month next February. (laughs) (laughs) We have a caller online. Uh, Debbie's called in from Wesson. I think she's got a comment for us. Good morning, Debbie. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. There was a time in my life when I ended up having to file for early disability. took me four years to get it. I had only $300 a month to live on for four years. So what I learned from the power company here, and some electricians will tell you differently, is that from your breaker box to any outlet, regardless of whether you're using a light, lamp, appliance at any given time, you still have all these pieces of kilowatts or extra kilowatts just kind of just floating around, not being used, but you're having to pay for from your breaker box inside to every single outlet in your house. Mm -hmm. And what I learned that worked best for me, if I wasn't going to use the washer or dryer, turn the breakers off in the panel box. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't going to be using certain rooms and lamps or anything, or maybe possibly at times, then put those items on a power strip, turn off the power strip. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being able to lower my power bill down from over $200 to sometimes just a little over $25 a month. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's a, it, this kind of goes along with other things you hear, you know, about, you know, unplugging devices. It, anything that is plugged in um, can be drawing some current. Um, and I think one thing people will say in particular, things like a TV, anything which might have a remote or um, which you don't turn on by flipping a switch on it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Just shutting and, it off completely. And, and for, well, as far, I mean, instead of having to unplug that each time. It's, right. Had it on a power strip mm-hmm. that was plugged into an outlet. Well, it stops at your outlet. You can turn off your power strip. Right. And that's a good idea about uh, larger appliances like a washer and dryer. To unplug and replug those every time would be a real pain. Oh, yeah. But they probably are on a dedicated breaker where you could just hit the breaker. Absolutely. And a dryer is on 220 or yeah. mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. Um, I ran into some. 240, and a washer is only on 120. I ran into somebody recently who did what you were talking about and um, started as an experiment and monitored that and was claiming he was saving $80 a month. 
All right. And, uh, and that adds up. It does. Time. Hey, Debbie, thanks for the call. Good uh, good tip to add to our list of things. And, you know, I think uh, we talked about also if you have a guest room, again, might be easier just to the whole, you know, shoot and match there. Go to the, the breaker box because you would think a room might be on a dedicated thing and to do that as well. Or she suggested a power strip that's easy to turn things on and off. Uh, so thanks, uh, Debbie. Good uh, tip. So we are looking for your personal financial, finance questions, but also talking about ways to lower your power bill. So if you have a suggestion like Debbie did, you can give us a call as well. The number number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So uh, it's getting to be tax uh, season. Um, I would imagine, uh, should most people, I guess, by this time have started the process of filling out their tax forms? Well, I can tell you how many people have okay. started the process. No, so this is the, we, uh, I think we talked about it last week, the IRS publishes, you know, how many people have filed, how many refunds have been sent out. Uh, so they've received um, in this year about 28, almost 29 million returns. Uh, so that's really only about 10% of the population, but I don't know how many returns how many will return- be filed yeah, total. In, because that would be a household. I would have to, yeah, look 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 back at last year. But um, so number of filings is actually down only 7%, but number of process is down 10%. So you can tell they're a little slow in processing. Probably them. because of the furlough. Probably, and also, you know, yeah, they're taking their time anyway. The total amount of refunds is down 23%. So the average refund is down about 9%. And we talked about this before. It's likely because withholding guidance got a lot better last year because it got a lot simpler because you didn't have um, the personal exemptions don't matter as much anymore. So a lot of people probably found they have more accurate withholding. Uh, But they're not as happy. So, right. that That means people are not getting as big of a check. Um, and and of course, part of that is is a lot of the early filing is earned income tax credit. So folks who don't, you know, they just have maybe one thing to do on their taxes, and they can get it done, filed really quickly. And so those are some of the biggest. Um, so it could just be that some of those are delayed so much it's actually skewing the total uh, total uh, value right now. But again, overall, that's less money just being dumped into the economy. And I would think if you anticipate getting a return, you're obviously going to file your return sooner than if you expect to pay, because obviously you don't want to have to pay until what, exactly. April 15th. Yes. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Drag your feet if you got to pay. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's the good thing of even with the, the free online thing, you can get to the point of having it and then determine whether you have to pay or whether you're getting money back. And then you can yeah. uh, hold off to uh, to send it in if you need to. So, uh, I, you know, I don't think I have ever... So it's my withholding. I don't think I've ever had owned money the federal government. Um, could we just change the subject? <laughs> so, conversely, I don't think I've ever gotten a refund from the state government. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. So, Kevin, uh, what I would recommend is you look at your withholding and you do your withholding better. Well, see, I'm one of those that <laughs> likes the big check. You know, it's, Most people do. I yeah. mean, it's just human nature. It doesn't make sense, uh, but it is a type of forced savings, mm-hmm. and um, it is a zero-interest 
loan to the government. But for most people, if they just had that little bit every month extra in their pocket, they wouldn't be able to account for it. But a nice little pot at the end of the year, now I've got something I can do something with. You know, I, I think where it might be a real concern is if you find every year that you're kind of relying on that check to do something, to pay off a debt, maybe it's like, oh, you know, I kind of let my credit cards rack up a little bit and, you know, November and December and January because I know I can pay them off in, in February. That's a problem. And if you simply had a little extra money in November and December and January because you adjusted your withholding, maybe that would be a better solution. And also, I would say, too, if in, in my case, if I were to do that, I would know next year not to. Because that's the other thing. I think once you do it, you expect it. And so if you with, if you change your withholding, say, now, you would know next year not to expect the big check. Uh, before we go to our next break, we have got another caller on the line. It's our buddy Timothy, who's calling in from Louisiana. You're on the air with us, Timothy. Go ahead. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to advocate for not having an electric bill at all. Ah, Let's okay. Go for it. You know, I got solar and wind. Right now, my wind turbine is singing in this wind and putting out 400 watts at 14 volts and charging my batteries even though it's overcast. So you're off the grid, huh? Yes, yes, ma'am. So you have yes. battery back. So you have battery backup, so you can have power even at night on a calm, calm day, calm you night. Know, I did it myself. It's really easy. It's plug and play. Anybody can do it if they can handle a screwdriver and a drill. Uh, Impressive. You know? Timothy, how big is the wind uh, windmill, I guess, is technically what it is? Uh, oh, it's actually quite small, but I'm, I'm fixing to upgrade it with a, I'm going to put a five-bladed prop on so it'll start up its lower wind speeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I got on there now is three blades, mm-hmm. and it usually takes a little more wind to get it going good, you know? So you use a combination of wind and solar, is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's right. And so you find that that powers everything you need, yes, and you've sir. got the yes, storage. Sir. Yes, sir. And, and so what sort of resources, I mean, <clears throat> do you have an electrical background and just kind of had a good idea about how these systems work, or did I you go with a card. Well, oh, okay. great. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's another great money-saving idea. Right. I have another question. Timothy, yes, ma'am. Uh, what was the startup cost for this? Because that's usually what hinders a lot of people because you have to invest on the front end, right? Well, you know what? I found out that my neighbors, when I moved here, were paying $200 a month um, basic bill, right? So I thought, you know, that's 2400 bucks a year. So um, I started out just dropping 2400 bucks, you know, and on the startup. And then built on that. So and what do you I, think? You know, I just haven't had a bill in 11 years. You so know? what do you think your total investment is? You started with 2400 um, right at Right at 5000 bucks. That's not but, bad at all. You know, no, it's not. And, and it's, it, it would have been, you know, it would have been half that today. You know, they mm-hmm. put a tariff mm-hmm. yeah. on solar panels, solar panels out of China. You know what China did? They yeah. put the price in half. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, this is so freaking easy, people. 
Yeah. All right. That's amazing. Timothy? That's, that's, all, that's great to hear. Yeah, thanks for the call. Interesting thought there. Wind and solar power to cut down on your, actually to eliminate your electric bill. Hey, let's uh, take another break. When we get back, we'll continue looking for your personal finance question on this open topic day. We've got a couple of emails to share, but are also are looking for your phone calls. So give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Or you can send that email to money at mpbonline.org. Do you want some good financial chores for February? We'll tell you some when we get back, so stay tuned. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. It's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance question at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. It's money at mpbonline.org. So those financial chores for February that we talked about, we mentioned one, get a jump on your taxes. If you've gotten all your forms, go ahead and uh, start that process. Also get a copy of one of your free credit reports from one of the three nationwide credit reporting agencies and look over that to make sure everything is in order. And also you could find ways to pay less on a monthly bill like cell phones or insurance or do what I did a couple of months ago and look at things uh, that you might uh, be spending a little bit extra money on that you can cut back. I know the one I mentioned was... um, Gamefly, which is basically Netflix for video games. Mm-hmm. I had the thing where I was allowed to have two video games out at the same time, and I realized I would play one until I was done and then play the other one. So I had a disc sitting you know, in my house for sometimes weeks on end. So I've cut back to having the one game at a time thing. And uh, they're very good about getting games to and from you in the mail quickly. And I do have some games that I own, so I have something to do in the meantime. But that cut down that bill probably about in half. So, you know, 10 bucks, but um, still yeah. a good saving I saw thing. Thing on Twitter this morning that was just a, a little two-minute video. Market Watch posted it, and it was how to start a budget. And it was so well done. That was very simple. So marketwatch.com. Give us the secrets. Uh, it just goes through uh, the sequences of uh, paying off your high credit card debt, uh, building an emergency plan, saving for retirement, and then uh, looking back at your expenses over the last year mm-hmm. and categorize those that are needs versus wants, and then look at are you exceeding your take home in your expenses, which means you're going to go back into debt and go back to that want column and adjust it. But just two minutes, go find it. Uh, it's very entertaining and well done. Um, so, and just to kind of play on what you were saying, Kevin, you know, two approaches, and I, this is, gets broader than just utilities, but two approaches to uh, saving that I like to think of is one is just, you know, reducing the amount you use something. So, you know, this is the like turn off the lights or, you know, cut your subscription from three 
three things to two things, uh, reduce the amount you're using it, or just find a cheaper alternative, you know, buying a different brand, etc. But there are some things you might find you just pretty much totally eliminate. Um, you know, for you know, if you if you realize you weren't playing those games at all, then you know, you just eliminate that. Um, if you realize that you know there was just some spending you were doing, something superfluous you were doing, you just you know what, I don't have to do that. Um, you know, you can cut things out totally. And it's not just two different approaches without just thinking, you know, oh, how do I do this in a cheaper way? It's like, do I really do I really get joy out of doing this anymore? Do I really feel that I need to keep doing this? Oh, we're back to sparking joy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, does this spending spark? Well, you know, that's a very being being um, conscious about your spending yeah. is, is a great way to kind of reduce it. Every time you buy something, just just think you just say, OK, I just spent twenty five dollars. Uh, it was on a meal. I enjoyed it. I think it was worth it. Or. You know, or and then and then also reflecting when you look at your spending at the end of the month, you know, be like, yeah, you know, I, I had a great time at that, you know, dinner with friends. So, you know, that was a worthwhile expense or it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I did eat out for lunch three times because I just I just forgot to plan. Um, so. So, yes, it, think about your spending and ask yourself, does it spark joy? Well, and again, your other point, too, I, is a good one, because, um, the, you know, that automatic billing is convenient and then people and companies like to have it because we tend to forget about it. But it's a good idea. And again, one of my examples was the the, the loot crate, but it was a, a, a baseball thing where, you mm-hmm. know, every other month they sent me a box full of Met stuff, which was fun for a while. But then after, I think, about a year or so. After I got the third lanyard, I'm like, you know, this is good, but is it really worth the money? And so I did the same thing to where I completely cut out that subscription. So, again, that's a good thought as well. Either cut back or if you're some things that you're not using or whatever, well, cut them out. Well, but this is what I have found. If you start to try to get rid of some of those subscriptions, they make it very difficult for you to cancel something. You go online. You have to search. If you call them, you're, they're going to stick you on hold for an extended period of time. So make sure you can carve out a piece of time to take care of those. The other one I got rid of was the uh, meal at home thing, which I certainly enjoyed, but I got to the point where I, for whatever reason, wasn't, well, in that case, it wasn't costing any money, but what you had to do was basically keep saying, no, don't send me the food this week. And Mm -hmm. so it was something you had to keep track of with. And at one time I had two of them. So I had two calendars where I kept having to say no, no, no. And then finally I said, I'm not really using this anymore. So I canceled them both and back to cooking on my own. So there you go. The, the level of uh, gourmet in my house has gone down quite a bit, but, you know, it was fun while it lasted. So uh, we got a couple of emails here. This first one says, why do companies split their stock price? Can you explain what happens when a stock splits? If an investor has 100 shares at $50 of company A and company A has a four for one stock split, is it correct to say that now the investor has 400 shares at $12.50? That is correct. Uh, so a stock split, if you own a stock you and you generally own them in whole amounts, uh, fractional shares are a, a kind of an accounting figment. But you, uh, So like that example, you own 100 shares. They have a four for one, or sometimes they have a two for one, or a, they can get into weird fractions. They can do three for twos. They can do two for threes, uh, whatever they like. Um, the reason that a company does that is because they want their stock price to be in a certain range. Um, 
it's kind of scary and intimidating for you know a person to go buy a stock that costs a thousand dollars even though that's the same thing as buying 10 shares at a hundred dollars or a hundred shares at ten dollars or a thousand shares at a dollar there's no real difference there's no there's no economic difference it's just a comfort level thing and there is actually research that shows there's certain ranges where people are more attracted to stocks um, just because they think it's easier to buy them and um, they do that because you know maybe their investor base is a little different um, you know a, a small local company you know they're just relying on you know local folks in the community to buy their stock they're not looking you know it's not it's not institutional investors who are just like buy me a million dollars worth of shares I don't really care what the actual price per share is they're talking about people who you know maybe they only have uh, you know two hundred dollars to invest at a time so if you only had two hundred dollars to invest in time then you can't you can't have a share price of five hundred dollars you're never going to buy a stock um, but if they split it so that's you know twenty five or fifty bucks it's a lot easier for folks to buy so it's it's just this weird perception thing uh, that's why they do it and companies that are very successful and have grown a whole lot if you think the ultimate example of a company that never split its stock is Berkshire Hathaway mm-hmm. um, they well they've actually issued a second share class so you can buy it at a reasonable price but a uh, share of Berkshire Hathaway is like what what I totally oh, forget right track. now. I mean, it's like a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at one point it was. I mean, I think when when Warren Buffett bought all the shares, I think it was like nine dollars is what he was buying them at. Um, and so, as you can see, just the rising price, the rising value of that company can make it totally inaccessible. I mean, there's very few people who can go out and drop a quarter million dollars on a single share of stock. Um, so, well, I, I always say splitting a stock is like um, uh, cutting your pizza pie in more slices. Yeah, it, it's the same pizza pie. It hasn't gotten bigger. Uh, you're just instead of maybe four slices, there are now eight slices. And so you're getting half as much as what you had before. Um, so in what happens is the stock price on a two-for-one split will be cut in half immediately. But sometimes you'll see it bump up again, as Ryder said, just because people are feeling better and I've uh, allowed more people to come in and purchase shares yeah. and the market is an auction and it will go up a little bit. But yeah. long run, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And if you cut your pizza into, you know, extra small slices, you know, some people might end up eating a little bit more than they would have before <laughs> because they can eat just that little bit more. And some people will end up eating a little bit less because they can they can uh, fit a little bit less on their plate. Uh, producer Liz Gill did a quick search. A, a share of uh, that, what is it? Uh, Berkshire Hathaway. 307315 So if you have $300,000 lying around, go go invest. Can you get to go to uh, Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah. one treat. Seven seven MPB ring is our phone number. As we look for your personal finance questions this morning, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We have another email here, mm-hmm. a little bit of a different question. A friend worked last year at a restaurant that went bankrupt. My friend needs the employer identification number for the restaurant to file taxes. Mm. Former owners of the restaurant are unreachable. How can someone find the employer identification number for a business that is out of business? Okay, uh, so a couple of things. I 
didn't know that whole thing uh, completely. If you have received a W-2 from the form, then you should be able to get it from there. Um, if they use an outsource. And they should still and they should. I be mean, required to send that to they're you. Requ- they are required to send it to you. I mean, if they not, I mean, well, I mean, they went bankrupt, so they're obviously not, you know, the best at keeping it all together. Um, if they use an outside payroll service, that outside payroll service would know. Um, if they use, if they engage with any outside professionals, if you know the accounting firm they used, they would know it. They might not tell you, but this isn't secret information. Um, so it might be on your W-2 or the IRS may actually have it themselves. Um, uh, depending on the state, if it's in Mississippi, the Secretary of State uh, keeps track of corporate registrations. So you may be able to find it there, um, depending on, again, uh, how how they were registered. Oftentimes with a, uh, oftentimes with restaurants in particular, it will be a, the company isn't necessarily the name of the restaurant. It'll be, there'll be an operating company that's actually the one paying you. So that's a tricky. But, uh, in Mississippi, you can now search online for mm-hmm. somebody's name. That's right. And find out if they're an officer of any kind of company out there. That will show up. Yeah. So the Secretary of State's website is going to be very useful. Or, you know, you can call and they have great staff there. Um, if they have filed for bankruptcy, check those bankruptcy filings. Uh, if you know the court it was filed in, it would just be, you know, it depends on what county. Um, then then you can check there. You may have to pay a fee to get some um, court documents, but uh, there should be some information in there as well. Again, it's it's not secret information. You shouldn't have to pay, uh, but those are some, some places I would call uh, first. Could it possibly be on an old pay stub? Possibly on an old pay stub, but it it just depends on how formal they were with their pay. I've seen pay stubs which are just like here's here's the dollar amount that we gave you, and oftentimes with restaurants. Um, just depending on how they do their pay, because a lot of your pay is tips. Uh, that can be, um, you you may not have ever picked up a pay stub. All right. One final break this hour. We're going to get back. We're continue looking for your personal finance questions. Also, we have some other tips for uh, cutting down on your energy bill to share with you. If you'd like to call in with a comment or question, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. What went on sale in February? We'll tell you what's traditionally on discount this month when we come back. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft. We are talking today about uh, ways to save money on your power bill, but also taking your personal finance questions. Uh, If you're shopping for the best deals this month, look for sales on mattresses. I bought one this month. Humidifiers and interior paint. That's according to Consumer Reports. So... Uh, if you're looking to paint your house, this would be the month to do it. 
Um, and, and so one thing I was just thinking of, you know, when, when you think about saving money, do consider the cost of, you know, say, okay, yes, I get a more efficient appliance. You know, do consider the cost of that appliance. You know, is it going to make up for it in the long run? And, you know, one thing is very common to replace is light bulbs. Uh, and you can get a um, free or low-cost energy assessment from, depending on your electric or gas supplier, and I know Entergy does offer, with that energy assessment of your home, they offer to replace uh, a certain number of your light bulbs with, I believe they're using energy-efficient LEDs, which, I mean, if you're still using incandescents or even old-style ones that have probably all burned out by now, um, then that can be serious energy savings. All right. Uh, let's go over a couple of these other tips. These came from the electric power. Uh, I'm sorry, Southern Pine Electric. Uh, avoid space heaters. It says that space heaters aren't meant to heat a whole room or run very long. More often than not, it's less expensive to run an energy efficient home heating system. I kind of use huh. my space heater in certain rooms because the I don't know if the ductwork is not good, whatever. But it seems to be some rooms in my house are you colder know, you, than others. You might want to. Uh, just pay uh, a heating and cooling person to come out and do an assessment, look at your ductwork. Uh, we purchased an old home, which we redid, and we had someone come out only to find that one section of ductwork was not even attached. And so you can find some of those things. Sometimes they can clean the ductwork that will mm-hmm. make it more efficient. So just take a look at that. I've had a look at my ductwork, and I, I don't need a professional to tell me. I know which ones are the problem. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I, I think it was the, the – the termite guy goes under the house to put do his chemicals, and one mm-hmm. time he said, do you realize that one of your ducks was crushed? And so actually, uh, yeah. Jason, who is our boss here, who's the host of Fix It 101, 9 a.m. on uh, Wednesdays on MPB Think Radio, he actually helped me, and we replaced the crushed one with a new one. So. And so if you're looking for a handyman, you can call Jason at what number is that? MPB <laughs> 1-888-MPB-RING. Ask for Jason. Uh-huh. Get on it's his nice schedule. to have one of those around, isn't it? Uh, dry your clothes on a clothesline. I don't know yes. about that one. I do that. I, they don't. No. It doesn't feel right. They no. get all stiff to me. No. no, 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 no. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. So I got a um, a drying rack. I think I got it off Amazon because when I moved into my home uh, several years ago, the dryer was hooked up in such a manner that a contractor, two inspectors, and someone else looked at it and were like, "Ooh, that's <laughs> what we call not up to code. Your house is going to burn down." So I decided. Well, first things first. I mean, I got to dry my clothes. I got a clo- uh, drying rack. It costs like twenty bucks it unfolds it's about as you know wide as you can outstretch your arms and you can put pretty much a whole load of wash on it and so let them dry overnight or whatever and you know they might still be a little damp then throw it in the dryer just to fluff it up a little bit and i mean it just takes it just takes a minute in the dryer if you insist on getting everything fluffed up right and i do have a lot of things that i can't put in the dryer so I have the the poor man's drying rack. It's called the uh, the ra- the, uh, the shower bar. Shower rod, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's even cheaper than what I suggested. But yeah, I, I mean it's possible to to save on your drying time and also make sure you clean out that dryer lint. Yes, that's a good tip though. Use the dryer to kind of finish it off there. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. It is Kevin calling in from Olive Branch. Looks like he's got a budgeting tip for us. You're on the air with us, Kevin. Go ahead, please. Hey, um, just wanted to share what uh, I was doing prior to getting married and then uh, to my wife's uh, you know skepticism <laughs> she, she jumped in on it when we got married and, and she's now totally behind it uh, when I was single I actually had two bank accounts a uh, 
a bill account and then a recreation slash, you know, random account. And I went through the course of the year, took all the bills, mortgage, mm-hmm. car payments, electricity, you know, averaged it all out, gas, insurance. And I would take that and divide it up over the number of paychecks I would get through the course of the year. And that's what I set my direct deposit to, to go into the bank account, the bill account, and then set up all the bills to auto draft from that account. And then the remaining of my direct deposit would go into my other account. And that's what I had to play with, so to speak. If mm-hmm. I wanted to go out to eat, if I wanted to go uh, to the movies, if I had a, an extra bill come up, if I wanted to take on an extra bill, I could see on any given you know time frame what I had to play with mm-hmm. as far as taking on a new bill or what, whatever. And then when we got married, we just incorporated her bills, and then uh, she did that with her paychecks, you know, with with a portion of her money going into whatever into the bill account, and then the rest going into that. So if she wanted to go out to lunch or whatnot, she knew what she had to play with. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was a way to keep. Uh, to never to always guarantee that the bills were getting paid and to make sure that if we had a new uh, investment or a new uh, expense come up we saw exactly what we had to deal with and to know if we could take that on or not and come out uh, okay on the other end hey Kevin that's a that's a great idea I think uh, a couple of things there you know the idea of the auto pay that so you don't forget them and then also that makes sure that you know in the middle of the month you don't, don't go oh gosh we spent too much money on this and so this bill that comes in later this month we don't have enough money for well I, I just think any kind of uh, system that you can mm-hmm. set up yeah. to make sure you do what he talked about which is cover your fixed expenses your regular bills and then try to control your discretionary spending mm-hmm. um I had a client years ago that uh, I always laughed at him because he would have a number at the back of his checkbook. And the number at the back of his checkbook was different than the number at the front of his checkbook because he was fooling himself into thinking he had a lot less in there (laughs) than what he actually had. And uh, so we can hear about all kinds of tricks to make sure you do this. I think uh, one thing I would add to that is, you know, also make sure you're getting taking care of your savings as well, uh, your savings and your investing and your long term goals there. Um, but and what's important is is that the system that you come up with works for you. Uh, some people, you know, that multiple accounts works. I've heard of someone who had six accounts. That's a little much. I find that a little much, and I feel like I would be losing things in the cracks, and like one day I would just wake up and be like, why do I have account number five? Like, what? Why? Is it not been with number three? I don't understand. I'd, I'd forget it. But if that works for you, that's fantastic. And again, that visibility, because you know what your regular bills, you have a very good idea what they are at the very least. And then, you know, your discretionary spending on top of that, just know what you, you know, what you have room for that month. And if you have a spouse, make sure they're on board with it, as he said. Yeah, All right. that, that's, that's also important. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Good tip. Let's uh, quickly run through some other tips here for uh, power bills, open blinds on cold days, close your blinds on hot days, close doors and windows, seal up cracks, and set your thermostat. When it's warm, set it to 78. When it's cold, 68, which I actually do. So 
I do one of them at least. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Or listen to our podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcast app. Our show produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.